from Forward Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip-hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. We are officially on day 60 of the quarantine lockdown. And honestly, I don't even remember what the club feels like or if it will be an option post COVID-19. Today's guest is actually my favorite nightclub DJ. King Ivan is a fixture in the nation's capital nightlife scene. He's a resident DJ at Park and also the co-founder of Enda Booth, a creative coalition focusing on producing premium, unique music experiences. He explains why DJing truly is an art form and why he prefers the term curator of vibes. We also talk about the business side of music and how he's been able to keep his sanity during this time of uncertainty. He speaks with energy, moves with purpose, and is determined to control his own narrative. Listeners, beware. There are a lot of gems in our conversation. Enjoy. Yo, DJ, can my homegirl get a shout out? Yo, DJ, yeah. can my homegirl get a shout out? Yo, yo, um, what's her name? Samantha. Samantha, 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 how old is she? She just turned 28. All right, cool. Make sure she stays to the end of the club and I got her. All right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with DJ King Ivan. King Ivan, go ahead and introduce yourself to the fans and listeners out there. Yeah, what's up? What's up? It's King Ivan, man. DJ King Ivan originally from Jersey, but I'm resting in D.C. What's up with y'all? Nice. Um, you say you're from Jersey. What part of Jersey are you from? Um, Patterson. Patterson, New Jersey. Home of Fetty Watt. Okay. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. 1017, right? <laughs> Seven, seven, 17, 17, 38. 38. I was just listening to Goofy. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, when did you move to D.C.? Uh, I'm going to say 05. 04, 05, around that time. I remember, like, Jim Jones. Actually, my bad. Morgan State University first. Then after a year there, I was back and forth spending in D.C. Okay. So I was back and forth like from D.C. from, like, 05, We Fly High, Jim Jones, Balling Days. Okay. <laughs> and transitioning back and forth until then. Officially, I want to say over the last, like, six, seven years. Okay. I've been in D.C. Nice. You said, um, you said Jim Jones balling days. That's when the skulls and the rhinestones and belts and all that good shit mm-hmm. was there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 What'd you uh what'd you study at Morgan State? Uh biology. I was a biology major. Okay. Total total opposite. <laughs> I was gonna ask, when did you start actually um spinning? Because obviously you said that you studied biology, but I'm guessing you were DJ in college. Yeah, well I started I was probably ten, eleven years old. I used to be around my pops. He used to like sneak me in his little bar. <laughs> <laughs> and while he while he went to the bar and drank, he would make me DJ for like twenty thirty minutes at a time. Oh wow! So I started then. Wow. Yeah, I started then, and then ended up. But but the ironic thing, he would never let me touch his equipment at home. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up. My mom's bought me like a set for for my birthday. No, it's actually for Christmas. Probably like around like sixth seventh grade, and then that's when I kind of got into it on my own. And then took it seriously, like, when I got in college. Who were some of your favorite DJs uh, growing up? Ah, man, I'm all the way in New York, man. I had a – look at this. I had a culture shock when I went to college. Oh, my first college was actually 04. I went to South Carolina State University. Uh 
where I was officially introduced to Southern music. <laughs> <laughs> like all the Passage Troy, Little Scrappy, Trillville, all that, you know. Okay. Um, but growing up, I mean, it was all about, you know, DJ Clue with the mixtapes, mm-hmm. Funkmaster Flex. Um, you know, a lot of New York DJs. I mean, of course, you had Zazzy Jeff, the turntablist. Yeah. Uh, but but that, those were like the people I looked up to growing up. Yeah. So uh, when I was growing up, my my brother he dabbled in trying to be a DJ as well. So I remember like Kid Capri. I'm a huge Clue fan because uh-huh. of Noriega. I actually remember DJ mm-hmm. Scribble from uh, MTV. Like I think he was uh, yeah, on MTV. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other dude's name? They used to be the DJ for the Beat Nuts. I forget his um I forget his actual name, but. Yeah, that New York sound is definitely, definitely original. Um, when you were kind of mixing growing up, what were, like, some artists that you used to listen to or draw on from inspiration? I mean, Busta Rhymes, yo, Fabulous. Of course, J- Jay-Z. I was in that era, around that okay. time. I mean, of course, Noriega, I love, you know, Super Thug, all that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I was more, more, more like, hip-hop, a lot of reggae because – you know, there's a lot of West Indians yeah. um, in the New York area. So, you know, Terra Fabulous, you know, all that type stuff. Okay, cool. What was, like, your first official DJ gig? Like, not DJing, like, a house party, but, like, a club or a venue or, like, an after-hour spot? Well, my official first club was in college. It was um, a spot called Latin Palace. So the reason I went to Morgan State University, when we did a house party, me and my boy, um, and killed it. But he was living in Baltimore, and like at that time, I was on the transition where I transferred from my sc- from South Carolina State University. But I didn't know where I wanted to go. But he was like, "Yo, just come to Baltimore. I'll manage you." And ironically, so Morgan State was second on my list to go to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, he's in Baltimore, so I might as well. You know, why not take the chance?" I went out there. He booked me the spot called Latin Palace, and it was owned by like a, a Hispanic. And it was the worst party ever. <laughs> Probably like 30 of, like, I'm talking about Baltimore, North Avenue, like the hood. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say, what, what I guess made it the worst part just because it was like a bunch of ratchet people there or like the vibe was off or like what kind of was it I mean, like? it wasn't even that. I was, number one, I was nervous, you know, and coming from New York, New York has a certain style, you know. Yeah. And it, Going to Baltimore, Baltimore is its own pocket, you know, and they party differently, they dance differently, and they listen to a certain type of music. Mm-hmm. And people automatically think you go to Baltimore, it's this Baltimore club, yeah. you know? Oh, man, you got, <laughs> you have the Baltimore club scene, <laughs> which is like the paradox, the dancing crew. Mm-hmm. Then you have the hood. <laughs> <laughs> and the hood is... Gucci Man, Yo Gotti, Lil Boosie, and I did not know who those, I mean, outside of Gucci, you know? Yeah. But, like, you have to know your street Southern music to survive in Baltimore. And (laughs) imagine the DJ, you from the streets, and he's just playing Baltimore Club, R&B, reggae, which was not okay in Baltimore. (laughs) Reggae will clear the dance floor. You might get your ass. <laughs> yeah, I was actually gonna so, ask you. I was gonna ask you, how do you go about like reading the crowd or reading like the the vibe? Because obviously there's like hits that are out, there, but you can't just start off a set like playing the hottest shit out right now. Like, how do you go about reading the crowd? Um, man, so it's a growth, man. Like, I think 
from experience and traveling um, and just going to different parties and different scenes. Um, I mean, it's a little bit easier today because we got social media and we have the internet. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the music, especially when you think when you're talking about chart music and top 40, you could kind of like start off um, with that. And like a lot of music is transitional throughout the whole world. You know, when you're talking about like billboard hits. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, when you're starting off a party, yo, the way I usually like to do it is like I like to play a little bit of everything, you know, okay, and jump around from genre to genre and different energies to see what people react to. If I see something that sticks, I try to stay there and just try to save the hits for later on in the party that I know everybody's going to react to. Yeah, I know you um, DJ now, like basically using your your MacBook or your laptop to kind of play the music. When you started out back at Morgan State, were you still playing off your laptop or were you playing off of like a turntable or like how did it work? Oh, uh, no, nah, dog. I was always digital. Like, okay. before before Serato came out, I used to have my computer, and I found this program called PC DJ Red, and I kind of, like, hacked the program to to um, to hook up to the mixer so I could have two channels to play on the left and right side to DJ in the club. So before everybody was on Serato, my boys were teasing me, like, yo, nigga, why, do you, why are you DJing off a computer? This is when they still had records, you know, like crates, yeah. milk crates <laughs> of records. And like, I've always, for the majority of my um, DJ career, it's been like digital. Nice. Do you actually like the term DJ or do you go by like curator of vibes or like sound master? Like, what do you go by? I'm the, I'm the pastor of the club. <laughs> right, there you but, go. But not, I really like over DJ because um, the term is used so loosely. Exactly. Like, curator i do like to curate it over dj because like curating is like you're creating you know a different vibe and um i just had it like a few minutes ago maybe like 30 minutes ago we were, i'm in a group chat and one of our, our club managers was like yo i hate that everybody calls themselves a dj you know they're not a dj you know yeah. but but anybody yeah. i mean especially now what do you define dj you know exactly and um That's a good point. because anybody as long as you over the years creative a playlist of music uh you know this collection of music you can i feel like anybody can actually be a dj or curator of vibes this is about knowing how to play for certain crowds yeah that's true um and you kind of mentioned clubs i was going to ask when you were starting out did like a promoter or like any like a scammer ever try to like get you to dj basically for free or like trying to finesse you oh nah yo honestly because i started out doing my own events and um actually the first group i i, I dj for extreme nightlife at morgan state university it was like a total great experience yo um yeah actually like i was opening up and I, they were paying me pretty good like <laughs> you know three hundred dollars just just to open up yeah, an hour bad. and a half of a party so i never really got to, where people wanted to undercut me and maybe because I knew, like, the business from, like, creating my own events. Like, I knew yeah. my value and worth from, the, from, the, from, from jump. So even if they wanted me to DJ a party for free, I was like, why would I DJ your party when I can throw my own, you know, yeah, <laughs> and keep all true. the money? So, Have you ever turned down an event or a party where you're like, yeah, that's probably not going to work or that's not my vibe or that's, I'm not going to be playing shit there? I mean, I think more as I've grown. 
like especially now it's a lot easier for me to turn down because my time is worth a lot more than I have other business ventures that I focus on um in the past when I was starting out of course I was every like as everybody with their own business they're just excited you know yeah. um so and initially I wouldn't turn down a gig I'd just be excited to DJ but more as I've grown into like my career Definitely, you know, whether it's financially, of course, every finances are in everything because there are some opportunities. Because even today, like, oh, getting back to the free stuff, um, it might be an opportunity um, um, where it's just worth your value just to be there because of the people that might be there or just a relationship builder where you might just do something for free. But in the long, long term, like you might build a, a great relationship. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's true. And I know you've DJed all over, like not just uh, domestically, you've been international, such as Paris and Germany and all over. Like, can you kind of talk to some of the projects you curated vibes for? Oh, man, yo, I just finished doing um, Forbes magazine. Um, I did a Forbes event in Germany. Oh, nice. That, that, was, that was fire. Um, my Paris stuff, me and my boy DJ Ice Cream, we connect together. A lot on that, um, but I mean personal projects. Uh, I have In the Booth Collective, which is a um, event production company, in which we're expanding into like tap into other businesses um, ventures also. Um, but that's been my bet, my favorite project I'm working on. We have two events that we do. One is Arts and Beats, which is going pretty good, and we partner with the Moxie Maria Moxie and Remy Martin for 2020 when 2020 returns. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's one of my favorite projects and then we have this an event called the set r&b which is a big r&b party and it's kind of different because i know they have a lot of r&b parties and a lot of r&b parties i've been to um of course they play like a lot of the new school popular radio r&b but what's yeah. different about ours is we 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 dig in the crates so we're giving you the bobby browns the old school the singing um, the dancing type of R&B. And over the last two years, we've grown it from like having 200 people to now we're doing six to 800 people a month and just Damn. like singing and dancing. Like, <laughs> that's, that's dope. That's come dope. as you are. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you said you DJed overseas. What is that like? Because I remember my first time going overseas a few years ago. I was like shocked that when I went out that they listened to some of the same shit that we listen to over here. Total. I mean, when you're talking about Europe... They're really, they're really into like, they're really into hip hop. Um, so like the Fifty Cents, the Wu Tangs, um, Afro Beats, um, and I, I just love it because you get to experience a different culture and expand your mind and variety of music. Um, I remember one party I went to, uh, my boy took me to. Um, it was eighteen and over, so I'm expecting to hear just like turn up like hip hop. Like, you know, all the Uzis and, you know, yeah. and the stuff we listened to, um, 18 and over. This is last year. Um, what, what year is it? Like 93, 94, if you're 18? But, uh, yeah, it's like 99. But, yeah, 99, even worse, you know. So I'm in the party and they're playing all underground hip hop, beat nuts, big <laughs> pun, like all the stuff we listen to and everybody's That's turned crazy. up. So it was like it was it was a dope experience, yo. And it was like, and another another thing that I did love, no phones. Everybody was oh, dancing. Wow. Yeah, no phones. And I noticed that when you're in Europe, um, at least my experiences, 
when people go to parties, they're going to party and have a good time. So once they walk in the club, they're dancing until the club is over. Mm. That's dope. And speaking of like dropping, um, I guess, new music, how do you go about playing like a new artist or like new songs, like on a crowd where the party's like jumping? Do you just kind of give them a, a taste of it, then go back to something they know? Or how do you kind of like mix that in? Man, that's, that's a tough one, you know, depending on what city you're in. Because, you know, I'm in D.C., and D.C. is a top 40 radio-driven um, area. Yeah. Um, especially the, well, me being at Park at 14th, it's a touristy club. So at Park, we try to, you know, stay within, like, the top 40 hits. But like you know, I, I do a lot of other, other events, too, in which I have a lot, of, a lot more freedom. So, like you said, yeah, I'll try to – and it depends on how I feel. If I don't like your record, you know, I'm not going to play it, you know. And, but, I mean, but I'll give you advice and tell you, you know, it doesn't fit or this might not be a club record or – because every record isn't for the club. You know, some artists have to understand that you might have a radio record where it's just for radio, you know. It might be an R&B record, you know, for the night-night. For the <laughs> You, so you so so you have to understand from an artist's perspective, and that's why every artist should have whether it's an A and R or friends that they can send records to, you know, before getting it to the DJ. Hey, what do you think about my record? Or which lane or platform do you think we should go in promoting a record? You know, but I mean, first, like I said, first I have to like the record, and then the record might fit with another record, you know, and then I could play like a hook on the record to see how people react or the beat might just be hot. You know, I might match it up with a similar beat. So that's how I go about um, playing a new record. What's the difference between a club record and a radio record? Ah, man, how can I define that, man? Because over time, what I've noticed club records, I mean, number one club records, you have to have energy. It's a certain energy um, for a club record. Um, people want to dance, they want to have fun, they want to sing along, yeah. you know? Um, radio records are more uh, sometimes mellow, easy listening. Think about a T-Pain 5 o'clock, okay. you yeah. know, where the melodies are there, you can sing along, but you won't really turn up okay. in the club. You know, when you go to the club, people want to have a good time, they want to go have fun, they want energy, yeah. you know? They want the, 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 there's reggae, dutty wine, or have a dance to the record, you know? So I would say that's a difference. When you hear, because obviously you have a good ear for music, when you hear like a new artist or a new song, are you able to be like, all right, that's going to be fire or like that's, that's not going to take off like you expect it to be? Hit or miss, man. <laughs> Only the people can okay. tell. <laughs> no, I mean, so when, when you're thinking about club records too, a lot of people go to the club to hear songs they know and they love. So that's why it's important to like get your song marketed and popular. You know, through whatever platform, whether it's a TikTok or YouTube or the radio, just find a way for the masses to know it over and over and over and have it like a catchy hook or a catchy dance to it. Um, Being a DJ is more than just playing the hottest songs out at the time. You have to know how to read your audience and how to move a crowd. King Ivan has learned over the years how to master the art of dropping a new song while still keeping the party going. He's on a never-ending mission to make sure people are having a good-ass time. At Forward Direction LLC, we also want to help with your mission of getting your story out. 
Board Direction is a full house book publishing agency that can help you get your book published. Check out our website, LadenWilliams.com. Now back to our conversation. Speaking of like the marketing and kind of bolstering your brand, how did you go about like building your fan base? Because I mean, I'm sure you started with just like one fan or one person that you DJ, but now you have like thousands of people following you. How did you get like to that level? Yo, I came in. So I came in at a, a good time where DJing wasn't as accessible. Um, you know, '03, the digital market was hasn't expanded to where it has now, where everybody can just get a controller. Or even DJ from your iPad, you know? At that time, DJs were still buying records and playing from records. So um, there were a limited amount of DJs. So at Morgan State University, there were literally three DJs on campus. Two of the DJs were older and I was fresh. New, New blood. So at that time, imagine two years, you're the only DJ spinning on campus. So, of course, your popularity is going to grow. And, and um, I was lucky enough to just network with top promoters within the area. And I was smart enough to travel to different schools to, to cross-market and put DJs. I had a um, DJ company, um, actually a coalition called Powerhouse DJs. And I went to different schools and put the top DJs down with my crew. So they'll come to my school and I'll go to their schools. That'll help build our fan base. And um, it just started there, man. And a lot of my fans, um, I've always put myself in a position to like be in a platform where I could cross market, whether it's with a brand or like a top nightclub. You know, Parker 14th is one of the top nightclubs in the country, you know. So, um, and I've been there for like six years. So over time, with pe- me, pe- see- people seeing me over and over and over, I automatically tend to connect. And obviously you had to work your way up to getting to be the DJ at Park. How did you go about building like the relationship? Because I'm sure everybody would love to DJ or be the curator of Vibes at Park. Because I mean, that's a spot to jump in always. Yeah, man. Shout out to my man Malik. Uh, Malik is um, one of the the head managers over at Park at 14th. We used to spin at Ozio's, Ozio's rooftop. And I used to do parties for um, my man Brandon and Usual Suspects, and I was just killing it. You know, like I was probably one of one of the only DJs on on the urban side, playing everything from old school to reggae to all the new hip hop, everything that everybody wanted to hear. And being that Park is a, um, a top forty club, we have people of all ages, races, um, from just all over the world just coming in there. So my 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 style. Fit Park, and he introduced me to Eddie, who is our um, the DJ booking manager, and um, they brought me in. And from there, I just, I just like I was available. That was the number one thing. Like with any job or career, um, you just got to be available to to have the opportunity. I was always available and just ready to go. So whenever they needed a DJ, um, hey, I was there. And then, uh, you know, over time, some of our DJs either um, quit or, you know, got out of the nightlife scene and I was able to fill their positions. So, um, yeah, it took me a few years. I would say three or four years. And then I was the official resident DJ for Friday and Saturday night, the main nights. Uh, that's dope. And you, you kind of mentioned having the right mix of, of music and playing kind of what the crowd wants to hear. 
I wanted to ask you, what's mm-hmm. the best way to approach a DJ, or should you not approach a DJ and just assume that he's going to play the shit that you want to hear? As far as re- yeah. request, ah oh, man, I mean it, 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 it's no. I guess every DJ is different. I know some DJs, like in New York, how dare you walk up to the DJ? You know, they are the star. I, I think once one one event I went to, Mr. C was DJ and Biggie's okay. old DJ, and yo, he stopped the music and put put somebody on blast, yo. <laughs> <laughs> put somebody on blast, you know, um, versus, I mean, me at Park, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot flexible, but if you see a DJ in his zone on the mic, rocking the crowd, you know, don't interrupt, don't interrupt. Like, that's like you at your job on a conference call, you know, and I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yo, 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 lady, <laughs> you know, but um, I mean, if anything, I know a lot of people might write a note with a, a pretty large bill in there, like a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> Can you play this song? You know, so that might be the best for me. You know, give me a hundred dollar bill. I got well, you. <laughs> have you ever had somebody actually give you like a hundred to to play it? Oh, ah, man, I had like stacks before, like working at stadium nightclub. Oh, you know, yeah, like either the dancers or like you might have some ballers in there. As a matter of fact, um, one of the largest tips I got was a thousand dollars. You know, thousand dollars. Um, one of the richest guys from Ethiopia, he was having uh, a birthday party. Um, he actually is one of the large investors for some of the top nightclubs in uh-huh. D.C. The richest man in Ethiopia. I was DJing his, his either no, it was like his um, niece's birthday party, and they asked for some Ethiopian music. Just walked over, thousand dollar tip. I try to say thank you. He just walked Damn. away. No words. <laughs> That's, <a lot. laughs> That's how you know when you're. Yeah, uh, I was gonna ask you. Said you DJ the stadium. Obviously, I think it would be a yeah. players' club. Were you like Jamie Foxx in the movie when he was DJing for uh, Diamond, or like like what's it like <laughs> spinning in a uh, strip club? I mean, strip clubs are tough. I mean, that's when you're going to get most of your requests, especially from the ladies and the dancers. Uh, but it was cool, man. Like you get to the the one thing about DJing in a strip club is the dancers create the vibe of the song, so they help you. So you might play something. That nobody's know that super ratchet underground B side of futures mixtape, yeah. right? And if the dancers are lit and you got money flowing and bottles are popping, it's the easiest way to break a song. You can play it 13 times back to back. You know? <laughs> so I like the vibe of, of Strip Club. That's, that's yeah, I was going to ask, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like, what are some things that you like, you hate as a DJ? Like, if you were spinning a set and someone came up to you or someone randomly like, yo, can you shout my homegirl out? Like, yo, can you play my boy's mixtape? Like, what's some shit that you just don't really rock with? All right, cool. So, number one, from the artist, from the artist, right? If, if you come to me with a song that you know is not mixed, mastered, it sounds like trash, like, please, and don't give it to me in the club, you know? Find my way. Like, yo, if you hand me your song in the club, Yo, DJ, can you check out my song? You don't have to play it now, but take it home, gotcha. you know? And if you like it, you know, take my number, hit me up, give me your feedback. Um, unless you trade songs, you know, that's, that's different. <laughs> um, from, from, like, a consumer standpoint, if you request a song, right, I'm not going to play your song right there and then, yeah. you know? And please don't stand at me eyeing me <laughs> for the next 10 minutes until I play your song. <laughs> No, I'll play it if it fits and I feel like gotcha. it. 
four if I got that hundred dollars. <laughs> that hundred dollar tip is key. If y'all are listening out there, if you go to parks and watch this play, give my man a hundred dollars. I was gonna actually ask you. You mentioned in the booth, and I know you do a lot of things outside of uh, spinning and curating vibes. What are like mm-hmm. some projects that that you're working on? Because I see on the ground you're, you're pretty busy. Yeah, man. So like, um, I'm in like a lot of my friends have like my boy Rodney with Listener. He's introduced me to like a lot of tech stuff. So. Um, of course, like in the booth, we started out as a um, event production company with um, doing arts and beats and giving platforms for creatives. Arts and beats is by far have, have, has been like our most successful. So we give and it started in D.C. It's still in D.C., but we're working on, you know, going into different areas once entertainment is back on play <laughs> out of pause. Um, but we definitely want to give platforms for um for all types of creatives to, to build their fan base and, and just express themselves through digital platforms and just like consumer to fan. Um, and then um, we're, we're, we're actually working on expanding in the booth um, collective and um, collaborating with different businesses and, and starting like an e-commerce kind of VIP concierge service. So that's actually going to work. So anything tech and like, advancement of um, just like technology and, and opportunity for, for people. I'm just like, I'm a super geek, you know, even before DJing, I was just like, into like building computers, taking my computer apart and like um, just working with different programs and like just building knowledge of myself in various fields. So, and uh, you know, tapping into investments and just learning all different types of, companies and company structures like i just love to make money and just like learn gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> not wrong with that at all what are like some um, events or festivals that you like to kind of attend to either expand your network or just kind of soak up some gems yo i'm into like i'm not really the big festival guy like i hate large crowds you're a dj <laughs> how do you hate large crowds i hate i mean in the booth ah that's true that's true that's <laughs> you true. know in the booth you know um i'm not the biggest concert goer either i like small intimate events gotcha. you know something with live bands or where i could find like the next to blow talent um speakeasies you know um um and a lot of i've, I've noticed i find a lot of great talent in like smaller venues you know yeah. like yeah um but if i had to do a festival like festivals or anything um Damn, this is a hard one because I've only been to like a few Broccoli City, <laughs> the Trelectros, DC based yeah. ones. Um, but overall, like I would do South by Southwest. Okay. South by Southwest, definitely. I'm um, not only do I get a chance to like work, but at like tech, film, you get it all. Gotcha. Yeah, you kind of mentioned it um, with the finding new talent or new artists. Are there any new artists or, or new talent that people should kind of look for going forward? Yeah, man. Um, yo, so there's tons of new talent. I mean, right now, Instagram Live, everybody's going live. I've even, I've even went through, like, Yes Jules, her page, and she's just playing random tracks. <laughs> from, like, I forgot the artist's names. I'll type them down. But, like, for sure, I got to represent for the DMV. Uh-huh. There's a lot of, like, great talent. Um, you got Just Call Me Cole. He has some fire. Um, you have Flex Cartel, Nucci, Alex Vaughn. Um, there's so much talent within the DMV. 
um, definitely um, check that out. Um, Zay, my man Zay, um, he's from what's from Dallas, man. Zay Johnny, it's fire, man. It's definitely just. I mean, if you follow me on the gram, I'm, I'm gonna start posting some new talent and reposting people for y'all. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely shout out to the homie, uh, Just Cold. That's actually how we met. So if you're listening, y'all definitely go check out his latest mixtape and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so I was going to ask, what have you been doing to stay busy uh, during this uh, time out? Yo, everybody's so scared to go outside, man. I'm totally opposite, man. I'm all for the challenges and stuff. Um, I actually picked up a little side hustle, like, where I'm making money and helping people at the same time, awesome. you know. So I take a few hours out the day. Out, out the day. You know, and I never could, like, no matter how much money I have, you know, of course, I'm all about my health and safety precautions. Yep. yep. Um, but I cannot stop making a dollar, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good problem to have. have. I always have to be in the green. So, in addition to that, I, I developed a routine, and it actually feels good not having to go to the club. Mm-hmm. It's um, a, great, a great, what, three-month detox, yeah. I call it. <laughs> yeah. So, I cut my liquor back by 90%. Um, I wake up early in the morning. I cook a lot. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a, I'm a post. Um, I got a lot of photos and videos of my some of my my meal, my jerk chicken. Uh-huh. You know, curry chicken meals. Nice. So I wake up, cook breakfast. Um, then I either read, I start reading a book. Um, you know, for a few hours a day. Then I hit the road, do some work. Uh, on the side job I picked up, and then um, from there I come home. I make sure I work out at least three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. Cook dinner. And honestly, I read more. I stay off of social media as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Just like tune into myself. Because over the time, honestly, I've learned. Um, and I learned a lot, but I've also noticed some things I need in my life and some things I don't need in my life. Mm-hmm. And some things I might want to go to after this is over. And some things I might just cut out, you gotcha. know? Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask, how do you think this, I guess, pandemic is gonna affect like the club going forward? Like, do you think when they're like, all right, everybody can go back outside, everybody's gonna run to the club? Do you think they're gonna be hesitant, or like, how do you think it's gonna affect that experience? This is an interesting question, man. Because um, I had um, some views of my own, like say I was in charge, you know, just to protect people. Um, I don't think especially the bigger establishments mm-hmm. can open up and hit their capacities right off jump. Yeah. Um, I think they have to cut capacities in half. I think people are going to want to go out and initially, and then realize this shit is not for me, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, um, and after, I think it'll be at as high when it first opens up and then downsize mm-hmm. as we go, you know, cause we're going to be into what, spring winter by yeah. the time things really open back up so it's going to be cold anyway yeah uh, but things are, i think things are returning back to normal but it has to be gradually you know because it yeah. takes one person to to start this all over again facts facts true and uh obviously i know you're busy so i kind of want to put you in the hot seat if you have a second just get your take on five random questions yes yeah. uh if you have time i'm good okay, okay cool um Obviously, you're from Jersey, but you live in D.C. now, so I have to ask, would you rather see a Redskins Super Bowl or a Wizards Championship? Man, man, I'm a bigger basketball fan. I will see Wizards Championship 
but I know DC will love a, a Redskin Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's true. Hopefully, hopefully y'all see that one. Day. I know y'all got one, so uh-huh. maybe it'll come back. Uh, DJ in a brunch or after hour or after hours party? Brunch. More women. Brunch. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. All right. Uh, mumbo sauce or hot sauce? Hot sauce. sauce. Okay. I wouldn't. I'm not. In, I'm not into uh, sweet sauces. Not anything spicy. Straight spicy for me. There you go. I got you. Um, Vegas or Miami? Uh, Miami only because I have Brickle. Like, you know, okay. area, the art district. Got you. Yeah. Um, drive the car or control drive the Drive the car. I like to hear, you know, everybody else's musical taste. Okay. Got you. That's cool. Um, and I was going to ask you before... What is your advice for someone that wants to be a DJ or kind of get into the entertainment and technology space? Oh, man, right now, I would say, number one, um, have a passion, you know? Just don't do it just because mm-hmm. you want to make some money or because it's the hype. And just have your own, um, create your own vibe, you know? So whether you like country music, just don't be, do it because it's popular. Play from a musical standpoint. Play what you love because there's a, Avoid and there's a, a audience out there. You just have to find your audience, you know. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, what's the first thing that uh, King Ivan's gonna do once the time out is The over? first thing I'm gonna do is take a trip. That's the first thing I'm gonna do <laughs> once the borders open back up. And then right <laughs> after that, it's straight back yeah. to business. I told you before we have the end the booth platform in which we would like collaborate with businesses. Mm-hmm. So I'm straight back to business and like. Really, because I took, um, you know, 2019, 2018, I had this idea of what I wanted to do, but I never really took the time out to really focus on it. So I'm putting that as a priority over everything. Okay. Yeah, that's dope. And last, how can people get connected with you to follow your next moves or see where you're in their city? Um, Honestly, I don't like to, like, tease people, (laughs) you know, like, um, if, if if we're talking about DJ gigs and stuff like that. Um, King Ivan, K-I-N-G-I-V-E-N on Instagram, but I can't give my business ideals out. <laughs> when they drop, they drop. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay. gotcha. that's dope. And uh, appreciate you. Uh, thanks again for stopping by the You Should Listen podcast. I'm your host, Layden Williams, DJ King Ivan. We are out. We are you should out. listen, baby. Appreciate you, bro. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>